Hello there and welcome to Emily's Sporting Insights Podcast. Um, Emily's a uh, 14-year-old girl from Melbourne, my goddaughter, and um, she wanted to give us some of her thoughts on uh, football at the moment and then we'll switch to cricket a little bit later. Um, I'm sure at some point in time you'll find out that Emily's a a semi-elite athlete in the cricketing sphere um, but also loves her footy and unfortunately she's a Kangaroos supporter. Welcome, Emily. Welcome. Thank you. Um, we're going to kick this off with the simplest question of all, which is why is Port Adelaide on top of the ladder? So stats show that they have immense pressure with the highest tackles in the AFL. And, uh, yeah, they have um, very good kicking efficiency, which, um, which can be very effective when you're scoring. And, yeah, they're topping the tackles inside 50. Immense pressure. Mm. So compared to the other teams near the top of the ladder, are Port Adelaide just doing all of that a lot better than those guys? Well, yeah, you see this... this um, so when you watch them play, you obviously, at some points, they're very good at um, keeping the pressure on, which makes causes other clubs to panic while they're playing. And, um, yeah, so that's really been um, a big thing for Port Adelaide and um, their club. And, um, yeah, Ken, Hin- Ken Hinckley is really um, uh, – he's, he's really um, affected that for the footy club. And so they've got a big forward up, up in, the, in the goal square taking marks and kicking goals. How much of a difference do you think that makes? Yeah, Charlie Dixon has been very important to Port Adelaide. Um, yeah, it's been it's been surprising, really. I didn't expect he'd be quite high up and for the common medal race. Uh, and what about the benefits? And we'll get to this in a minute. But um, I mean, they've played a lot of games at home during this COVID cycle. Um, without the crowds, though, so do you think that makes a big difference? Like, is is knowing the ground? more important than the crowd? Um, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, knowing where you're playing is um, important where you're playing because you know the ground a lot and you know how it plays. And <laughs> then with the crowd, it's just, you know, it's just background noise. Um, so looking at the scores, I mean, they're, um, they're averaging 9.9 goals uh, per game for themselves which isn't the league's best. I mean, St Kilda and Geelong are scoring more rapidly. Mm. Um, but they're, uh, it's their defence that's really kind of holding them up, isn't it? Yeah, that can, that can be very important um, for, for any clubs, really. But, yeah, yeah, their um, stats with scoring hasn't been as good as others, um, other clubs by, um, yeah, stats. But, like, their um, defence can really just decrease that, level of scoring and the chances. Mm-hmm. And what's your thoughts on their midfield? I mean, um, it's the powerhouse of any football team, isn't it? So clearly um, being led by Travis Boak, they're uh, obviously getting enough of the ball and getting it down to where it needs to get to. Yeah, yeah. Travis Travis Boak's been very important for Port Alley for a long, long time now. And um, not just him, but um, Ollie Wines, he's been um, doing quite well. Like uh, against Kangaroos, he got 20... 30 disposals and a goal against us. Um, yeah. And Robbie, Robbie Gray can go down in the middle whenever Port needs him to. 
So, yeah, they can be very important for them. And Robbie Gray's really only just starting to hit his straps, isn't he, this season? I mean, he's been nowhere early on, but now he's um, really gunning. Yeah, late bloomer. <laughs> well, I heard somebody say it's because he's old and he's just uh, maintaining his run now to the finals. <laughs> yes, that can definitely be the case. <laughs> so let's go for the other teams in the in the top four. So we've got Brisbane, Geelong and Richmond in the top four as we record this podcast. So... Is there anything that stands out to you for Port Adelaide over those other three? Well, yeah. Um, as I said, the, um, the the tackling and the immense pressure that can be really affecting, but also um, uh, the yeah individual players has been also affecting the game as well. And Ken Hinckley, I think he's he's changed the game plan a bit to. Um, and then, obviously, it's worked for them at the moment. Isn't Richmond the team that's been known for its its pressure and its tackling over the past few years? So do you think they're doing that better than Richmond or are they just doing everything better? Well, not not everything, but, yeah, they at the moment, they're doing... Um, their tackle stats are better than Richmond and, uh, yeah, Brisbane and those other clubs that are um, very good at um, the pressure have been in the past. Um, and the other benefit I think they've got is that they've um, had a pretty stable list. They haven't had a lot of injuries. I mean, they've only used 30 players so far this year, which is a, a pretty good effort, I would have thought. Um, even Brisbane's on 33 and so forth. So um, stability helps, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like... Um, some of the teams out there, like um, North Melbourne and Hawthorne, they've really had those um, important players um, injured, um, like nearly half their players injured. But yeah, um, Port Alley's been very lucky with the um, with no in- no injuries in their list, which which is very beneficial for them at the moment. Um, yeah, and, and no doubt it's also easy when you can go home to your own bed rather than having to live in a hotel for for multiple weeks. Yeah, yeah. The hub um, has um, definitely um, affected the players' game. The players' game, and um, specifically, like a, um, you know, like a Ben Brown, he's having a hard time, and uh, yeah, it's just really affecting the players um, and how they play, um, and teams as well. So one. Um... I look at Hawthorne and I think Hawthorne's a team that's really struggled through the hub. Um, yeah. I mean, we were 3-1 moving into the hub and then didn't win a game for weeks. And I think it's only won one game since then. So um, Hawthorne's a slightly older list with younger children. You know, a lot of the players have got young children and so forth. And I think they really struggled their way through that. And, um, you know, they're, they're the ones I think who've come out of this whole hub part of it the worst. Um, do we have ideas who else has really struggled through it? Um, I think uh, you might hate you, you might hate me for this, but um, James Warple I think has um slightly um affected his game. He did average twenty six disposals last year and was one of the best and fairest for um Hawthorne at the age of twenty, which is incredible. But um this year he's averaging seventeen and he's gone a bit lower down. He's still still an important player for Hawthorne definitely, but yeah. He had Tom Mitchell coming back to take a few possessions off him. 
yeah, he's been doing really well. 25 disposals, averaging. Yeah. And, of course, the Warpedo is going to spend the rest of the season on the bench with his, um, with his dodgy shoulder now. So uh, you won't be able to talk much about it for the next two weeks at least. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, do you think that the hubs had an impact on North Melbourne or North Melbourne just crap? Well, I definitely think that individual performances have um, affected some of our players. Um, like Ben Browns have um, uh, personal issues and I think that's um, really affected his game and his confidence and uh, Magic Door as well. He's um, He's struggling with um, form and he's just, he's been playing out of position a lot. Um, so yeah, he hasn't got to the, his potential and where he is at the moment, but yeah, our whole team's really struggling and just trying to get used to um, the hub experience and the virus right now. Mm. So let's, let's just have a quick run through from the bottom of the ladder up. I mean, you know, Adelaide's, I think is an interesting case because when you look at it, they've still got a bunch of stars in that team with Rory Sloan and the Crouch brothers and yeah. those sort of players, but uh, didn't manage to win a game until two weeks ago. And now they look like they could knock North Melbourne off and give you the wooden spoon. Yeah, I know. It's, it's very, it's very odd. They've um, really come in and just destroyed really recently, but yeah, they, 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 they've haven't had a, very good year this year, but yeah, they just decided um why not have a no why not win every other game at the end of the year because mm. they know they're going to get pick one and end with pick one. So yeah, I well, just think might, that mm. they might not yet the way they're going. Could we go? Well, could we go to the blue and white? Could we go to Arden Street? We'll take that pick one then. <laughs> Uh, of course, straight above them is North Melbourne and Hawthorne. We've spoken about them. Um, what about the Sydney Swans? They're, um, I reckon they're an interesting case, Sydney. Yeah, they've got um, they've got very um, great individual players like Tom Papley. He's he's been immense for them this year. Um, he dives. Craft. He's a diver. <laughs> but you, you, you have to admit, his craft and everything is just it's you know it's top class. Yeah. He's very crafty. And, and uh, um, Luke Parker, and he, he's he's always been a big body midfielder for Sydney Swans, and yeah, he's just been that um, contested ball winner for them. And they're a relatively young side. I mean, they've got a couple of older players. I mean, they missed Joey Kennedy for a few games this year and a, and a couple of others, but they've got a lot of young talent in there. So uh, should we be a bit worried about where they're headed in the future? Um, yeah, definitely. They've got Ollie Florent. He's he's really emerging in building, and uh, Isaac Heaney is still young, and yeah, he's he's been quite big for them the past couple of years. And um, Dylan Stevens, he's um, he's uh, he was pick five in, last year in the draft, and yeah, he's great for that. Um, Curry, carry running carry in the wing, um, a bit like Andrew Gaff, next Andrew Gaff in the future. Yeah. <laughs> and what about the big Bud? We're going to see Buddy again. Um. Well, I hope so, but unfortunately, not the moment. But let's <laughs> see what the future holds. I think they're going to have to pay him one point four million dollars to watch games again next year. <laughs> Um, the Gold Coast Suns um, seem to be a bit of an emerging side. A uh, bit up and down, though, haven't they? 
Yeah, they've got they've got amazing young talent like Isaac Rankin. He's he's a great example. And um, unfortunately, Matthew Rowell, he's got injured recently. Now he's decided to coach. But yeah, um, Noah Anderson, he's been playing really well recently. Last game, twenty one disposals. Um, yeah, he's just he's been really good for them as well. Um, ben Ainsworth destroyed North Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah great individual players there. And then I think they in the future they might be going down Brisbane's path. Yeah, and they're very young. As I say, the the average age of that team that lined up against you was twenty three years and one hundred and thirty eight days, um, which was um, a full two years younger than North Melbourne. So very young team, isn't it? So uh, you expect those ups and downs with the young guys. Yeah, like um, some some take a while to emerge. Some take um, you know, two years. Some might take six years. But yeah, well, they've they're you know like Isaac Rankin and Noah Anderson. They've they haven't they haven't taken that long to um get used to how the game plays and show their abilities. Hmm. Um, what about Fremantle? Um, they traded very aggressively last year. Brought in three top ten draft picks but lost guys like Bradley Hill and so forth where do you see them at well as as you know Hayden Young has um he he got he had he had an injury and he's out for the season I think and he yeah he was he's one of the best kicks he was um known as the best kick in the draft um last year and yeah he would have been really handy for that um kicking off half back um, and Caleb Sarong, he's he's been he's been the real bolter. He's just come come in here and just, just you know he's destroying the game and just unexpectedly, um, I think he might be in for that um, rising star this year. Hmm. And they got this bloke called Matt Fife who uh, goes all right, doesn't he? Yeah, he won won the Brownlow last year. So what do you think? Yeah, he's easy. I think he's been in pretty good touch again this year, but. Uh, Taking on the yeah. captaincy, a um, few more responsibilities. So, uh, you know, a bit harder life, I think. Yeah. yeah. And what about those um, those bombers, Essendon? I mean, um, Hawthorne made them look really average in the first half and Essendon made Hawthorne look pretty average in the second half. They seem to be the cause of their season, isn't they? Like a yo-yo. One quarter they're up, one quarter they're down. I mean, yeah. Where's it all gone wrong for them? Yeah, they've been a bit inconsistent this this year. Um, yeah, as you said, like one quarter up, one quarter down, and then some some days they have really good games and win that win that game. I mean, yeah, they're, they're a good club, but you know, it comes to that um, part where you've got to be really consistent to you know be in the top eight because that's that's where they're aiming for and that's the position they want to get to. Well, there were people at the start of the year tipping them as premiership contenders, weren't they? But uh, they're not really anywhere to, to look at that. Not at the moment, but no. yeah, it's what every club, that's every club's aim to win the premiership. Yeah. That young ruckman, Sam Draper, looks like a good find. Yeah, I've got him in my super coach, actually. That's a bit <laughs> of a bonus. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, he's very, he, he's, yeah, he's there for the future, really. He's, um, yeah, he's going to be a great rock for the future for Essendon. And um, once he gets, like, you know, like 20 games under his belt, he, he'll, be, he'll be right into the game and he'll be used to the AFL level and he'll fight from there. Shocking hairdo, though. 
That is true. <laughs> well, Carlton's next. Um, they're an interesting side, I think. Um, we've always talked about them as being emerging, you know, with all of those young draft picks that they've had in the past few years. I mean, they've got more number one draft picks than any other team in the competition playing for them. Um, why aren't they in the, you know, in the, in, in the eight now? Or, you know, and they're really going to struggle to make it with the next couple of rounds anyway. But where, where have they gone wrong? Well, for for um individual um performance of Paddy Dowell, he's just yeah, he, he hasn't been up to expectations at the moment and we'll we thought he was gonna you know, he's gonna be really good for Carlton and he'll fire straight away. But yeah, he's at the moment he's struggling and yeah, I think um other other youngsters like that has just been not at their can their consistent um abilities and what they can show but just been struggling to show yeah even sam walsh i don't not so not convinced about his kicking yet yeah well um kick your kicking efficiency and stuff like that the first first couple years is just yeah can be um hard to um get through when you're quite new to the game but yeah once you get that experience you'll um get great, better kicking and stuff like that and get used yeah. to it. And what about Matthew Cottrell in that game um, game last night and, you know, kicked the winning goal in only his second game? I mean, uh, how happy did he look? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did a bit of the Hulk celebration, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he didn't quite look like the Hulk. He looked like a bit of a skinny Hulk, but um, he was hulking it nonetheless. Mm. Um, next one's Melbourne. I mean... Um, they're an interesting one, aren't they? Look, preliminary final two years ago, almost won the wooden spoon last year. And this year they've been, you know, finalists one week and duds the next. Um, what's happening? Tell me. So, yeah, they've, they've been, um, yeah, they've, they've, they've been in that contention for the top eight, but they're just, I don't think they're going to get there. I think they're just going to miss that. But yeah, they've got, um, you know, like, um, Jack Viney and Chris Matraka, he's been really immense for them. Uh, with He's just out of the blue this year. He's just, just decided to be a goal-kicking ball magnet. And, yeah, he's probably been the main influencer for Melbourne. Mm. Um, yeah, he, they're just, I, just, they're, I think they're going to just miss out in the eight, but who knows what the future holds for them. It looks to me like a lack of leadership. I, I don't see a lot of things holding them together and... Uh... You know, um, yeah, I, I just don't see that they've got the leaders that say, you know, like a Hawthorne had earlier this decade or well, last decade, you know, I don't see that coming through at Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, I think think you're right there. Like, um, it, well, it the also... Fact that, the fact that they could sing the team song earlier in the year without the captain even being in the room, um, I found quite astounding. Oh, really? Well, that's, yeah, that's... Um, and it's not like he's a midget. You can spot him. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's weird. That's weird behaviour. Maybe they just yeah. Maybe they couldn't find him or something. So they. Just he was out something. on the field doing interviews. Um, oh. But I just find it astounding that you could do that. I, I, I can't believe that you could start the song without your captain. I mean, you know, what do you, what's the first thing you do when you uh, when you go into the room and lock arms after a win? Is you look for um, for your senior the people. Captain, yeah. Yeah. Look for your leaders. Bizarre. But see, I reckon that falls to me. When I look at it, like, you know, I think leadership and and, um, and culture is everything in a football club. And I'm just not seeing it from Melbourne. I'm not seeing the leadership. 
Um, I'm not seeing the trust and respect from the junior players um, as witnessed by the fact that they could do that without him. Um, and I'm not seeing the cultural aspects that say we're all bonded together and we're going to win this thing. Yeah, yeah. Just culture and leadership are two of the most important things. Um, two of the most important things the AFL team can have like, like the moment. Um, so, sometimes um, when you're when you're when you're performing well, you're up there for um, leadership content, contention and captain being captain. Um, but yeah, culture and leadership is really important for an AFL club. Yeah, the other curious one for this year is the Bulldogs, isn't it? I mean, um, again, a lot was expected of them. They're sitting outside the eight at the moment, but only just. Um, don't know what to make of them. <laughs> I think. I know this is probably, a, I just I just think that they might just get there in the eight, and I think Giants oh, might just. They've got to get Giants, over the Hawks. <laughs> I think Giants might just miss it there in the eight. I think yeah, that I think Bulldogs would just get there down in the eight, and um, yeah, we'll see how they if they do. We'll see how they go in the finals. Yeah, I can't believe Aaron Norton's not even twenty-one yet. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like it's been ages. I know it does, doesn't it? And they got some bad hairdos in that team too. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Shockers. Bailey Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's an awful one, isn't it? <laughs> Still, he stands out. Might be worth Brownlow votes one day. Yeah, definitely. He's one for the future. <laughs> All right, let's just have a quick crack now through the through the teams that are in the eight. I mean, GWS Giants are really. I don't know if they're Ferrari. They're missing a couple of cylinders. Yeah, as I said, I think they'll just miss out in the eight. But yeah, um, I think they've got a really great group of talented players. It's really been important for them to get where they are now on the ladder. And um, yeah. So time to put it all on the line. Is it captains? Is it their leaders? Or is it the coach who's not good enough? I think... I think it might. I think. I think it will be the. I think it's the captain, Stephen Canelio. I think um, he's just had his first year of um, being captain, and yeah, he they he, he's done all right, but he hasn't done to the level of the expectations at the moment. But yeah, having a first year captain can always be a risk because you don't know how experienced they are with their leadership. Mm. They're a very flat side age-wise. I mean, their average age is 26 and 35 days a couple of rounds ago. Um, and most of them all seem to be around that age, which is logical because that's about when they started, isn't it? But, um, yeah. you know, is, is it too flat? Like, you know, do we see the possibility of them falling off the edge of the cliff at some stage? Yeah, I, I definitely think that. But what's also a problem for them, at GWS, is that their salary cap is... It's very small, and they can't fit all their um, important and really high-class players. They've got like eight out-of-contract players, and three or four of them are there for the future, but they can't fit them all in because all their other um, experienced players are there that are important for them. They can't all sign. Hmm. What's important? It leaves opportunities for Hawthorne to go and grab a couple more. Yeah, North Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might be able to offload Ben Brown to them. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? 
Well, I'm starting to think maybe we could get a good pick for him, but yeah, I just I think he I think he'll come back next year if we keep him. Mm. He may need to eat some meat though. <laughs> I think the vegan lifestyle doesn't work. <clears throat> just my view. Um, next up is Collingwood. Um, they're another interesting one, aren't they? With lots yeah. of potential, but um, you know, just I don't know, they just seem to be a little bit off the boil at times. Yeah, like uh, they have really, really good um, young talent there. Like Josh Dacos, he's he's been he's had a breakout year this year, and he's he's really shown what he can do. And yeah, but um, they've been a bit under the pump at the moment to be top three expectations on the ladder. Um, yeah, but they're just falling apart a little bit. But yeah, they're they're still um, a team to beat in the AFL. They've done all right in the father sons, haven't they? They've got Josh Dacos and Nick Tyler Dacos. Brown and Callum Brown. They've they Nick Dacos coming Nick in. Nick Dacos, and then they've got um, um, Ned Kelly's son. Um, so they've done all right, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, and Will Kelly, yeah. One Darcy Moore, forgot him. Yeah, Darcy Moore. So yeah, lots of lots of talent there sitting in the. the they're they're getting an easy pick at. So uh, they got no excuses if the guys are any good. Um, kind of want them to do well though. It's a funny thing to say that about Collingwood, but I'd be quite happy yeah. to see them do okay. It's, yeah, it's one of those um, clubs Hello. that you just want to do, want to do well, but yeah, at the same time, it wouldn't be good for your team. Yeah, if for no other reason than it pisses off the Richmond and Carlton supporters. <laughs> yeah, that that would annoy them a heap. <laughs> I know it's good, isn't it? I've got a <laughs> Melbourne supporting mate who hates them as well, so you can piss off a whole lot of people by Collingwood doing all right. <laughs> Um, what about the Saints? Now, they went out and they invested really heavily to try and buy themselves a, a move up the ladder. Um, has it worked? Yeah, what what I think um, is that their recruiters has really affected their team in a, in a beneficial way, like Bradley Hill, Zach Jones, Dan Butler, especially. He's been in contention for common medal race right now. And I think that they've been one of the main reasons that they've been doing really well at the moment and unexpectedly in the in the top eight and getting your finals. But yeah, um, they've done certainly better than expected. Mm. And what about the coach Brett Ratton? I mean, um, I thought Brett Ratton struggled with things didn't go his way that he didn't have good backup plans. Do you think he's coached well this year, or is it really just the um, the influence of the newbies? I think it's mainly the newbies, but Brett Ratton has, I think, influenced them just a little, just the tiniest bit. But yeah, he's um, mainly the recruiters. Mm. And what do we think of West Coast? Um, a few weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, I would have said they were premiership favourites, but they can't close out big games, can they? Yeah, they're, they're still in the eight, but they're just dropping off a bit right now. Like, Five or six on the ladder, or yeah, um, they've they haven't, yeah, they just dropped off a little bit this year, but I, I think they'll come back um, next year, a couple of years time. Can they come back this year though? No, I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. Um, Richmond started the year very ordinary, didn't they? But um, they seem to have their giggle back, but. Um, 
Will the off-field activities, how much of an impact is that going to have in them? They're sending people home for COVID breaches. They're sticking fingers where fingers shouldn't be stuck. Yeah, they're doing all sorts of other things. I mean, um, the, their brand, as they like to talk about it, is it falling apart? Yeah, I think at some areas they've been a little bit immature and just joking around, doing unnecessary things that um, people that people don't think that's, that we don't think that's right and that shouldn't be um, shown as an example for other teams or people watching. But yeah, they've um, um, they've done well anyway when they're doing those kind of things. So I guess hasn't really affected um, the relationship with their team and mm. and their performance. What about Big Tom Lynch? Is he um, is he tough? Is he a bully or is he just stupid? I think I think he's a bit of both, but he he's he's a very good player. But he he's very he's very hot headed. He he loves to have a bit of a go at some people, and for no reason sometimes when he tackled, I forgot who the play was, but when he tackled, um, yeah, he rubbed his head right after he tackled him for no reason when he didn't have a go at him, and it's just doing unnecessary things. It's not a good example. And Jack Jack Revolt, I mean. Kind of only just been there this year, isn't he? Is it the because he's doing that radio show on SEN and he can't commit himself to the Tigers? Yeah, he's he's gone down that kind of Ben Brown path. Hasn't been at his um, best this year, but he's still overall a uh, high quality player. But just he's you know he's getting old. He's he's getting to that point where um, you're just you're not playing as well as you used to. But yeah, he's just not at his um right game right now. And what about the luckiest Norm Smith medalist in history, Dustin Martin? Where's he at? <laughs> I think, yeah, he's um he's been a little where are you these past couple of games, but yeah, he's one of those players for the last two years or so, uh, since after his Brownlow, he's just been a bit inconsistent. Like one game he got thirty disposals, another game he got like fifteen disposals and but even if he does get like you know like fifteen disposals, his kicking can be very, can be very um important for those goals or score involvements. And what about the cats? Please tell me they can't win. <laughs> no, I don't like them to be honest either. But yeah, they're they're the third on yeah, they've got um really old um players like um. You know Tom Hawkins, Patrick Dangerfield, uh, Joel Selwood's getting there, and yeah, they they just they're still important. But you know, when you get to that point where you you gotta you gotta look for replacements, younger replacements when they retire. Yeah, well, they're already cracking around. I mean, um, last weekend their average age was twenty seven years and two hundred and four days, which probably would have been the oldest team on the park that weekend, without Selwood and without Ablett. I mean, they're both still to come into the side, so. They're going to get very old very quick, aren't they? Yeah, I just yeah, I just think that they don't have um, at the moment. They don't really have. Um, well, they do like Charlie Constable. He's a really good um, young midfielder that that would be there for a decade for Geelong. But I don't think they're committed to give him enough games to you know replace Dangerfield or you know Selwood or. And well, I they, think, bet, yeah. they bet the farm on winning, though, haven't they? I mean. You know, they've, they've gone out, they've got Ablett, kept Ablett, they've kept all the old guys. I mean, they, they must yeah. believe they're in the window. Well, I think it's, I think he's one of those teams that um, 
um, want to get experienced players to win a premiership rather than looking at younger fellas for the future. But I think the best kind of teams are the, the teams that have experience and good level youngsters that are there for the future. Um, having both is um, what makes an important team, really. And how the hell, how the hell, I say it again, is Tom Hawkins leading the Coleman medal race? No, it's, it's, it's unexpected, but yeah, he's just, I guess he's really um, decided to play really well this year. Um, he has been recently, his past couple of years in the Coleman medal contention, but yeah, he's been leading really recently. I just, yes, yeah, I think he's um, just all of a sudden pulled, pulled out the hat and just, you know, got a lot of, got a lot of goals and in the Coleman medal race right now. Mm. But do you think Brisbane was sitting there rubbing their hands when it was announced the grand finals at the Gabba? <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's very unfortunate for them. Yeah, just yeah. So um, they're running at an average age of twenty-five years and thirty-seven days. So they're still a like a youngish yeah. to middle-aged type team. Yeah. I mean, they've got some good young talent. They've got some some good experience up there. I mean, got Daniel Richards now over thirty, which I didn't realise. Um, have they got the, the, the right balance to get there? I think they certainly do because they have Hume Cluggage. He was very good last year. And um, this this year he's um, been very good too. And um, Lockie Neal, he's in that middle age, 27, 28 right now. And uh, yeah, he's um, getting older. Um, Cameron Rayner, he's another young one. But um, he hasn't, past couple of years, he hasn't, he hasn't really showed what he can really do, but he's sh- definitely showing glimpses of what his abilities are. But yeah, I think Brisbane has got what it takes to be that team where it's balanced. Mm. Um, Eric Hipwood's one of my favourite players. He's only twenty-two, or well, twenty-two and three hundred and fifty-seven days, so he must be um, he must be twenty-six, twenty-three now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's twenty-three. Yeah, he's um very he'd be. Very good for Brisbane in the future, and his um his goal kicking and you know his marking in particular is um at some points have been really important for them, but yeah in the future hopefully he becomes more consistent. And the coach Dennis Fagan, I mean he went out a couple of years ago and grabbed Luke Hodge off Hawthorne to give them some leadership. And um, in all honesty, looking at the end of last season, Hodge could have gone on this year and maybe become a five time premiership player, but he didn't. So this year they went and got Grant Birchall um, from Hawthorne. How do you how do you think Birch has gone? I think yeah, he's um, done better than expected. I think, but um, yeah, I think they're just really trying to get um, uh, um, experienced players every year in trade period and you know free agency and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think they're trying to um, give leadership for the younger ones and try and set a good example and be a good role model. Mm. Now, have you got it written down in front of you? Give me your top eight. I, I don't, but I think this, I think the, I think first will be Port Adelaide, second Brisbane, third Geelong, fourth West Coast, fifth Collingwood, sixth St Kilda, Seventh, seventh. Um, you missed Richmond. 
I miss Richmond. That's right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think they might go a bit down. I think Richmond will go seven. And I think Western Bulldogs, eight. And GWS just misses ninth. And Melbourne and then Carlton. Cool. Well, using that great tool on the, um, the AFL website called the Ladder Predictor, I've got my top eight for you. And I've got Brisbane finishing on top, one game clear of Geelong with Port Adelaide. West Coast Eagles, Richmond, Collingwood, Melbourne, and St Kilda rounding out my top eight. Um, and I'm still tossing up, but I do have North Melbourne winning the wooden spoon at this rate. Okay. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Um, well, it's beneficial one way, but then it's not. Like, you know, pick one beneficial, but then the other way, you're on the bottom of the ladder. It's not a good thing, really, is it? But um, no. yeah, we haven't been on the bowling line for a very very long time so yeah um i just think uh it might be a close contest to pick to get whichever pick number one adelaide north melbourne oh well you just need one in the top three or four i reckon and you've almost always got a winner so uh i think both hawthorne and north melbourne got a pretty good chance at that yeah definitely top five top ten all right well this has been the first of the sporting insights by emily um, we've looked at the teams this week in the AFL. Um, next week, we're going to sit down and have a look at the players. And um, Emily's going to tell us who's going to do what um, and, uh, and where we end up. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week.